Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio, and episode 97 is upon us in the middle of May 2019. I'm a little late with the episode. Please forgive me, and uh, it's, I don't know, it's been one of those months. <laughs> I can't say that. Sometimes these, sometimes my schedules just sort of pop up really fast and I'm realizing I have not recorded an episode and I haven't really come up with anything to say. <laughs> and I realize I'm, I'm better off putting out an episode with something than not having one at all. So yeah, here I am. Uh, it's the, I'm a couple days late on it, so please forgive me. Uh, we're getting close to my 100th episode. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do with that, if I'm going to do anything special or not. But uh, 100 episodes is quite an achievement. 97 episodes is quite quite an achievement, I think. So, yeah, uh, we'll see what's going to happen with that. It's, uh, yeah, it's the middle of May now. And I what am I going to talk to you guys about? Well, I got a couple of things. First of all, uh, I'll just give you a little heads up. I'll... Part of the bulk of the episode is going to be me uh, having uh, w- walking through Greenwood Cemetery with my cameras again uh, and having some musings. Uh, it's a little rambling, but, uh, you know, I, I talk about some stuff and, uh, you know, I recorded it in April, but I kind of had it shelved for a little while because I wasn't sure if I wanted to broadcast it. You know, I don't know. It's it's, it's not much. Um but I figure, actually, I would throw it in now because I was listening to it. And, yeah, I talk about some stuff about shooting with my twin lens reflex camera. And it might be interesting to you. So uh, I actually enjoy doing those walking, uh, talking episodes. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting good feedback that people like that, too. It's just, you know, me doing sort of a brain dump while I'm walking. And I really enjoy talking to myself <laughs> while I'm doing it. Uh, you know, and it's funny because then nobody looks at me like I'm a weirdo because everybody talks to themselves because they got those Bluetooth headsets in. So anyway, so um, before we get to that, I'll start with a couple of things, perhaps. Um, where should I start? Oh, well, first of all, I got uh, this is fun. I got interviewed for a local newspaper in Brooklyn. Uh, not too long ago, and uh, some. I'll give you the sort of the backstory to it. Um, you may or may not know. I can't remember if I told you, but I uh, generally take a lot of um, sunrise pictures uh, in the morning, obviously, <laughs> but in the uh, like in the fall and the spring and in the winter, uh, when the sun is rising at a time when I can actually get up. Uh, summertime, I don't do too many sunrises because I'm really not going to get up at 5.30 or 4 in the morning, excuse me, 4.30 in the morning to take the sunrise, unless I'm got insomnia or something like that. So I tend to take uh, three seasons worth of sunrises. And I've been posting them to a couple of local neighborhood Facebook groups, uh, mainly because, uh, not necessarily to show off the work, but I like the I like the neighborhood groups and like people sharing their photographs and, and talking about the neighborhood in general. And you know how Facebook can be very crazy and people can get really nuts. And I thought, you know what, uh, maybe if I post some sunrise pictures, uh, it might calm people down. <laughs> because actually, I would go back for a second again. I at some point was uh, posting my street shots on um, both. Eh, there's two, there's two, I'm, I'm, I'm in one neighborhood, but I actually, 
uh, I'm close to another neighborhood. I'm in a place called Kensington, and I'm next to a place called Ditmas Park, and I follow both Facebook groups. And I'm in Ditmas Park all the time. It's just a couple blocks away because it's where I go do shopping and have my coffee and stuff like that. So I feel like they're both my neighborhood. And I post, uh, you know, my I was posting my street trust mainly in one neighborhood uh, um, Facebook group. And it was the Kensington one. And at some point I posted a picture and, and people just went insane about it. And I don't mean in a good way. Uh, and the picture was a shot of a, a guy delivering some halal meat to a, a store on Church Avenue. And as I was walking towards this guy and he had like a couple of goats or whatever, I think they were goats in a shopping cart and, you know, they were all prepared for, you know, being sold. So they're just these carcasses and these legs sticking up out of the, out of the cart. And he's covered in blood and, you know, he's wearing a white, you know, outfit. He's covered in blood. And I'm like, I got to take this guy's shot. <laughs> you know? And I, I walked up, I was, you know, just doing my normal thing where I walk and I have my camera around my, my neck and sort of at my hip. And I take a few shots of him, and he's looking at me because he sees the camera. But, you know, because I'm so stealthy, doesn't know that I took the picture. So anyway, I processed the picture. And amongst other street shots that I've put up on the group, which get, you know, I, I pick and choose the street shots. I don't put everything up like I put up on Instagram. Uh, but this one, you know, this one was definitely our neighborhood. And it was, you know, I thought it was a really good picture. Uh, I will post it uh, if I'm going to see if I can find it. It's I shoot so many street shots, sometimes it's really hard to find my shots, but I'll try to post it in the show notes so you can see. But it's it's a little, I want to say graphic, but, you know, I really, when I process it, I emphasize the reds and the color of the blood and whatnot. And I put that up in the group, and it went, like, people were just like, you know, um, how dirty is that? I, I can't even, I can't even remember the, the comments, but they were really off the wall. And I don't know why people sit there. I mean, I guess it's so much easier to just sit there and complain and go crazy on a keyboard because you don't have to face the people who are you're talking to. Uh, you know, anyway, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so it went crazy. And after a certain point, I was just like, I just pulled the picture and shut it down. I was like, that's enough of that. So I stopped posting my my street photography to the Facebook group. Uh, the my, my, the one in Kensington. I, I don't really, I didn't post them to the Ditmas Park one. Uh, so yeah, uh, I went like that for a while, not posting any of my pictures. Um, and then at some point, I can't remember when, I decided, well, you know, I, and I get up in the morning and take sunrise pictures because I face east and I get really nice sunrises sometimes. And, uh, you know, as long as I'm up already, they're, they're kind of fun to see and photograph. And uh, I used to live in an apartment that faced uh, the West and I was shooting sunsets. And at some point, really, I got sick of sunsets because I saw them every day. And I was like, it's just another sunset. It's another sun. I mean, they were beautiful to see, but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't always photograph them. And that was also the time of film. I was, I was more into, I was more shooting film when I was in that apartment because I think I was just in the cups of, cusp of digital and getting good digital cameras, but uh, I was shooting more uh, film. So it became, you know, expensive to shoot sunsets and whatever. So uh, if I think I had the digital cameras I had now, I would have been shooting sunsets all the time. Even if I was bored of them, they're just, they were really nice there because I faced the, uh, faced the Statue of Liberty. Anyway, 
where was I? Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, right. So uh, sunrises. So at some point, I just got into the idea that, you know, how controversial could a sunrise be? Uh, <laughs> someone in the audience now is saying famous last words, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's a sunrise. Uh, and so um, I, I started posting them, you know, just a little bit at a time. And then I started getting really good feedback. And I would post them when I took them. I started taking a lot of uh, shots of the sunrises when they were nice and I was up and I would post them and I would just generally put like a comment like have a great day this is the sunrise this morning peace to everybody you know happy Thursday happy Wednesday whatever the day was and and it would just I could see that the comments were you know they were they were much nicer and people were just really appreciative of seeing the sunrise uh, through my eyes um and I get people asking me what kind of camera I have and, uh, you know, where am I shooting from and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, at first I had kind of resisted answering those questions. And I would answer about, like, my location kind of vaguely because I don't want to, you know, someone wants to find me, they can find me. But I didn't really necessarily want to post, you know, I'm in this apartment on this, you know, address. You know, just say I'm on the top floor of an apartment on Ocean Parkway. You know, and it's, there's not a lot of buildings that are this tall, so it's not really hard to figure out. But... Uh, and then, you know, I, I, people would ask me what kind of camera I used. And there was a part of me that wanted to really answer with a snide remark because, you know, you hear that when people say, oh, you take great pictures. What kind of camera you have? And we all know this, right? You know, dude, it's not the camera, right? I mean, I could take a picture with kind of any camera and hopefully that I'm, I'm a good enough photographer. I could probably make a decent picture whatever camera I'm using. And so, uh, you know, I actually asked somebody about this, you know, and uh, I got uh, I got some good feedback, and I can't remember who. Oh, you know what? I, I was asking my friend Dave Spiduck, and uh, he suggested, well, why not just tell them? <laughs> I was like, really? He's <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Why not? Because what the hell, you know? So what if someone knows my camera? And so what? I mean, it, what difference does it make? And and all. All I know is that someone's asking me because they like the picture and they're curious about what's going on, you know, behind the scenes. What am I using? And I, I don't see the harm in that anymore, you know. So, you know, it's sort of had a fork in the road kind of thing. I went one way or I went the other and I decided, OK, well, I'll tell the, you know, start telling people what camera I use and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, big deal. Anyway, this is this long story. I'm already getting into this, you know, long, long story. And then we still have to get to me and Greenwood. So let me hurry up. I'm talking about the newspaper. Anyway, so uh, long story short, I, I was posting in also the sunrises in the Ditmas Park uh, in both in both Facebook groups, the Ditmas Park and the Kensington. And someone in the in the Ditmas Park uh, Facebook group nominated me to um, somebody who's a publisher of a local newspaper, and said, you know, someone should do a, they should do a profile on me. And uh, let's see if I can say, hang on, what does it say? Oh, this is, this is a quote. Says, the, the, you were nominated for a profile by a neighbor who wished to know more about the man behind the frequent posts in the Kensington Facebook group. So I got together with the, uh, with the publisher at a coffee shop and, and uh, we, we spoke for, I don't know, like about an hour, hour and a half and uh, eventually gave her some of my pictures and, and she rewrote the uh, transcript. And it's really interesting to see, to hear how someone edits what you say. 
Um, and, and anyway, the paper just came out. The, the story is on the Internet first. Uh, and this is a local paper that just happens to be printing actual newsprint on paper. And, you know, it's a free paper. You can get it, you know, in a lot of the places in the neighborhood. And so the paper came out after the, uh, in fact, I think it just came out this week because uh, I just saw it today for the first time. And, uh, yeah, so the story was on the Internet first, and then, but it's it's interesting to see it in paper form, like I could, like a newspaper. I mean, it actually is printed on newsprint. And I'm on the I'm on the headline. I'll post pictures of the paper so you can see it. But the headline says, from sunrise to sunset, Antonio M. Rosario's Kensington, you know. And she first started talking to me about the sun sunrises because that's how someone nominated me. And then it, and then the discussion morphed into my street photography. So it's a, and I got a double page spread. I got the headlines and I got a double page in the uh, in the middle of the paper. And they put in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. About nine shots. Ten, I got ten shots altogether, including one on the cover. And uh, it's an interesting read. It's, it's funny to hear, again, how somebody uh, interprets what I'm saying, you know, because she was uh, taping the conversation. And so it sounds like me and it doesn't sound like me. And, you know, that's what happens when someone writes to you. But I, I mention it because it's been kind of a while since I've seen my work in print. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't really publish my images other than on online and uh when i saw this today what was my feeling i mean it was one thing seeing it on the internet and i've been in interviews on the internet before and people have posted stories and you know that's okay that's fine i i like it and it's nice that someone wants to talk to me but to actually get a newspaper with like the old newsprint and get it on your fingers and stuff like that and the um cover photograph is in black and white it's originally a color picture but they posted it in black and white but the um the center uh the centerfold as i'm actually in the centerfold they printed three color shots two sunrises and one kind of like a behind the scenes picture of me taking a or my camera about to shoot the sunrise and then the rest of my shots are street shots that were that are black and white although i think a couple of them i'm really curious i think there's one shot that I have here originally is in color. I'd have to look at it. I can't remember now. Uh, but the street shots are all in black and white. Or uh, actually, maybe I converted them. I know I can't remember. Anyway, uh, it's been a while. I, I've I've read my stuff in print a long, long, long time ago, and seeing it again now made me think like, in a way, I'm starting over. You know, that it's always wonderful to see your pictures in print in a physical form. And the fact that this newspaper and this woman who's running the newspaper decided I was worth, you know, the investment of time and energy and money because it costs them money to print this thing uh, and then send it out into the world in, in three dimensions in some way. Uh, it was something like, I, you know, it wasn't I'm, I'm getting sort of tongue tied here. That first time I had an image in print uh, and this is a long, long time ago, uh, it was a cover like my my first hair sheet was like a cover of uh oh I can't remember what it was a brochure or something like that and it was actually the World Trade Center that I had photographed from below at the in the plaza there and um actually from the uh there's a little uh there's a couple of other buildings just west of the World Trade Center 
uh, called the World Financial Center. And it was new at that time. And so I was photographed. Actually, it was being built. Right. It was being built, and I photographed it while it was still under construction, and the World Trade Center was in the background. And that made it to the cover of uh, some brochure or something like that. And I was really excited. I mean, you know that feeling that you get when someone picks your picture and prints it and then uses it to illustrate their concepts with. And that was so much fun. So getting this paper now, and again, like I said, I haven't had my images in print for a really long time. Getting this picture now was like, it was kind of like that feeling. It was reminiscing about that. Like, yeah, it's not my first time I've been in print like this. But there was, it's just been so long and I don't see stuff in print. Everything I'm, most of the stuff we're doing now, I'm seeing on online and Instagram and Flickr. It's on a screen, you know, I'm not even printing my pictures that much. And uh, not, frankly, I'm not printing them at all, you know. Uh, And so it really is, I was really happy to see this and it made me uh, very excited or something like that. And it gave me a little boost and uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll put up the, the pictures of it so that you can see it in on the internet. <laughs> you can see the pictures of the paper. And uh, I don't know if I can actually, you know what? I might, I might still have that first tear sheet somewhere. Hopefully it's nearby in my file. So maybe I can scan that or take a picture of it and put that up too. So you can, so you can see it. So anyway, I just wanted to, I mean, it's a, yeah, you know, it's like a pat in the back and then, you know, I'm not showing off, but it's it's kind of fun when something like that happens and it it kind of happened out of the blue, you know, someone come came to me and said, oh, "We want to interview you for your for the paper, for the pictures that you're taking." And I was like, "Oh, you know, that's a lot of fun." And the fact that someone else nominated me uh was really exciting. So, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to share that little bit of information with you. Now, I really spoke much longer on this than I was expecting to. So, uh, I did have one other thing I talked to, but I'll I'll I'll, late, I'll put that for another episode. So anyway, now we'll go to the second part. I want to lead into. I went on a uh, walk to uh, Greenwood Cemetery, um, and uh, I would like to share it with you. It's a it's you know a few weeks old, couple weeks old at this point, a few weeks old. Actually, you know what? It's about a month old. <laughs> I just realized because I was recording it prior to tax day on. Uh, uh, you know, so it was prior to April 15th. So we're in the middle of April, uh, May. So it was, yeah, it was about a month ago. But basically, it's me walking around Greenwood Cemetery with my uh, twin lens reflex camera. So why don't you have a listen and uh, we'll talk uh, when I get back from Greenwood. Hey, it's Antonio again. I'm at Greenwood Cemetery today, uh, a couple days before I'm posting the podcast, I figure I have, I, this is such a great place for me to sort of bounce thoughts of photography while I'm walking around and taking pictures, and uh, hopefully I say things that are useful and interesting and, and compelling. Uh, I've gotten feedback saying that's the case, and so, uh, you know, I hook up a mic to my jacket here and decide to walk around and to tell you what's going on in my mind about photography. Uh, while I'm taking pictures, hopefully, uh, it's uh, the mid-April-ish, a couple days away from tax day, don't get me started with that. And um, 
I'm out here in Greenwood. I brought my uh, Fuji digital camera, but then I also brought my Minolta twin lens reflex camera. Now, the interesting thing about my Minolta today is that it's been so long since I went out and photographed with it and I didn't finish the roll of film that I have in it the last time I was out photographing. So I forgot what film I've got inside the camera, right? <laughs> So, yeah, if, um, so I don't know what ISO I need to use my light meter for. Uh, it's either one, it's a, the film in the camera is either ISO 125 or ISO 400. So I was asking uh, uh, in my collective if anybody had any suggestions, and uh, Mark Ryerson answered and gave me a suggestion of shooting at ISO 250, which is, in between 125 and, and 400. And uh, let me make sure I get his words correct because I just recorded before and I got it all messed up. But uh, let's see here. What did he say? Uh, um, yeah, so he said shoot at 250 and, and he says he prefers negatives that are overexposed rather than underexposed because thin negatives suck and that's his quote <laughs> uh and it's been a while since i've been in the dark room and uh, and remember what a thin negative is but um when you uh when you underexpose uh something there is no information there uh to to get in the negative it's just it's almost impossible to get any kind of print from a very underexposed negative so overexposure is also not great, but I think uh, what he's referring to is negatives seem to handle overexposure a little bit better than underexposure. So, you know, if I'm shooting, I'm, you know, if I set my ISO to 200, it's definitely, two, sorry, 250. It's in between 125 and 400. So either I'm going to overexpose by... Uh, a single stop-ish or I'm going to underexpose by a single stop-ish. So I'm actually coming right down the middle, uh, which I think is probably a good suggestion in general because um, negative film can probably handle uh, a stop uh, of underexposure or lower exposure in either direction. So uh, I'm going to shoot at 250 or I'm going to meter for 250. I brought my light meter with me because uh, my Minolta does not have a light meter built into it. And it's an overcast day and I'm in the graveyard. So there's a lot of muted tones. It's all, everything's gray and all the, uh, all the tombs are gray and the mausoleums are gray. So um, I think, you know, shooting a 250 ISO or, or metering for 250 ISO is probably a good plan because uh, I, think, I think the subject matter that I'm shooting can handle uh, either overexposure or underexposure by a stop um, but I hear what Mark's saying it's like you don't want to uh, you don't want to underexpose negatives oh actually you don't want to you want to expose properly for negatives but negatives do have a wide latitude but underexposure is pretty much a, a lost cause there's just no not enough light got to the negative and there's just no information to record so yeah, so I got six frames to shoot uh, at guessing my ISO. I did bring film with me, extra film, which I do know the ISO for. And the lesson here is when you're shooting with a film camera, uh, always make sure to remember what ISO your film is in. And uh, 
I'm thinking you can hear the mockingbird in the background. I'm looking at him right now. It's got a lot to say. And I don't have my long lens on, so I'm not going to take a picture of him. He's going to probably take off. There he goes. Anyway, uh, so uh, musings while I'm walking around in Greenwood. We'll see what comes up while I'm while I'm walking around. So the first thing I'm coming up uh, to here in Greenwood is a um, mausoleum with the name Mason on it, and uh, it's it's. Uh, the doors are closed, but there's uh, glass windows on it um, with gates over it or an ornate, uh, um, uh, ornate uh, metalwork over it. And the, gate, the glass is open, so I can actually peer inside of this without having to look through glass. You can probably hear my voice changing a little bit. And there is some beautiful stained glass here. And I've got my, let's see, I've got my... Fuji X-T20 with me as well. So I'm going to shoot inside through the glass. I mean, through the, uh, through the opening in the, uh, in the door. And I can actually shoot this. Let's see. Okay, so I'm getting some overexposure here. But hang on. I need to change some settings in here. Uh, I want to go with... Well, sort of a lesser contrasty look yeah. and not too saturated in the color all right okay but a lot of the um a lot of the uh stained glass here was actually produced by tiffany uh way back when and not only just tiffany but tiffany and his uh apprentice who also is buried here and a lot of the Tiffany glass was uh, was stolen during the during the crazy 70s and 80s when this uh, graveyard, when the cemetery was not well kept. So it's rare to be able to see this um, stained glass, you know, without having to look through other glass, uh, and it's really beautiful. I'm trying to do is shoot it in the context of the rest of the tomb. It's a little hard because the exposure difference is really high. And it's a very dark tomb and a very bright Tiffany glass. So if I expose for the glass, the rest of the tomb goes dark. Maybe I can, I can boost that up in post-processing. I just don't want to lose the detail in the, in the Tiffany glass. But uh, I want to do, you know, I can do a bracket exposure here. I think. I can do three exposures. Yeah. All right. So I took enough of those. So it's an overcast day. For the most part, it, feels, it does feel like the first day of spring. We've had some off and on mixed weather for the past week. And today I'm actually out just wearing a hoodie. The temperature is pretty mild in the 60s, probably going up to the 70s. Uh, I see some blue sky out there. I mean, it might start getting a little warmer later. I'm not going to spend the whole day here. So right now I'm taking out my meter. 
That guy's got a lot to say. Take out my meter, and for uh, the light on ISO 250, it's a shutter speed of 250th of a second at f11. So I'm gonna, let's see, with my, um, with my Minolta, I think I'm gonna shoot a 250 at f8. It's gonna overexpose by a little bit, you know? problem with my uh, twin lens reflex camera is it's not a problem with my camera per, per se it's a, it's kind of an issue with twin lens reflex cameras altogether and the fact is that you've got a viewing lens and you've got uh, a, a lens that uh, records the image and they're separated by you know one's on top and one's on the bottom but the other thing that makes the uh, makes it a little challenging to shoot with a twin lens reflex camera is that the aperture rating on the viewing lens is often different than the aperture rating of the actual lens itself. And also it doesn't change. So you, there's no way for you to preview, um, there's no way for you to preview um, uh, depth of field with a twin lens reflex camera, at least not, not the ones I have, okay? I mean, there might be more modern cameras that let you do that. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is the, the f-stop on my viewing lens, actually, let me see if it says it on here. Uh, hang on a second. I don't see, it says, I think this says uh, an f-stop of 3.2. Right? I'm looking at this correctly. And let's see. 3.2, yeah, okay. So the viewing lens does say, uh, yeah, there it goes. It's actually written on the lens. I gotta look more carefully. So my viewing lens is an f-stop of 3.2. My my um, uh, film lens is an f-stop of 3.5. So actually they're not that far apart. But when, um, when you photograph stopping down, so if I stop down to f8 or f11 or whatever, there's no way for me to preview that uh, through the camera. Um, there is no depth of field preview on this twin lens reflex camera. So I'm looking at the viewfinder and I have to remember well, the image that I'm seeing is not gonna be the final image that I'm recording, most likely because I've stopped down. I'm, I'm st stopped down further than, than uh, F3.5 and especially in this light and I don't have a neutral density filter and my shutter speeds are kind of limited in terms of the high, you know, they can only, this shutter speed on this twin lens reflex can only go to a 500th of a second. So if I'm shooting 400 speed film, it's a lot of light. And so I do have to stop down and the viewfinder will not show me the uh, end result of the depth of field. So my, my brain gets a little tricked out here because I'm so used to look, using the digital cameras this day and that gives you everything. It previews depth of field, previews color, does all that stuff for you. So there's no kind of leaving things in the imagination or having to figure things out. But with the twin lens, I'm looking through the viewfinder and everything looks shallow depth of field. And I'm like, this looks great. It looks so kind of ethereal or whatever. And then I have to remember, no, 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 no. I'm getting much more depth of field than my, my viewfinder is showing me. 
So I have to stop and I have to think about this for a second. And so then I might have to recompose my picture or rethink it because what I'm looking at the viewfinder is not reality. It's not, or it is reality, but it's not going to be the reality that the, that the, that the, the film records, right? So it's, you know, I was ta I've talked to you about this before and you've probably heard this a million times, but you know, shooting film kind of slows you down, right? I mean, there's a lot of that, like you got to shoot one frame at a second, you know, one, maybe you do one frame at a time, especially if you're doing uh, medium format film. And you have to think of your exposures a little bit better and it costs more money to process in general. It costs more money to process uh, film. So you're kind of cautious. You're not just blowing film like you are with uh, uh, digital and then and then now like especially if you're using uh, a twin lens reflex camera or maybe in other you know other medium format cameras where you have um you're not actually preview being able to preview what you get then you've got to imagine what the shot's going to look like right so that's going to change how you shoot it's going to change what you shoot you know if you're going for this shallow depth of field effect that you want you want things to sort of fade away in the background well, you know what? You're going to have to make a little bit more effort. Like in this case, I would have to get a neutral density filter to fit on this. And you know what? I'm looking at I'm looking at the lenses and I don't see any threads on there. So putting a neutral density filter on this camera is going to be a challenge. I would probably have to hmm. Well, I don't think I can use an optical neutral density filter. I mean, I could put a piece of material on it, but that's not going to help because a piece of acetate or something like that is going to uh, decrease the quality of the lens. So my other option is finding a very, very low speed ISO film. There isn't much of that around, you know? Uh, so I don't have a lot of choices, you know? And so in that case, I do have to, I have to continuously think about what I want to photograph with this camera. Uh, it does pose some ch creative challenges, let's say, you know, um, and not everything is going to come out the way I think it's going to come out. And uh, it just really, you know, kind of um, tampers down the expectations a little bit, you know. I want to, I want to shoot film, I want to slow down, I want to experiment, sort of get back in touch with my roots, you know, shooting film, it helps me, it, you know, shooting, shooting film or going, using even like, let's say using an old camera kind of helps get you in touch with, uh, you know, our photography ancestors. Those of us who were, uh, you know, uh, way back when the pioneers who had challenges with their cameras and were just exploring the art for the first time, you know, we get a little chance of that. We get to feel that a little bit, you know, we don't really have that with digital. Digital is pretty much instantaneous uh, there's no there's very few mysteries left in digital you know and the, there's a lot more mysteries involved with with deciding to shoot film which is kind of the fun part you know there's very little left to discover in photography these days you know so I think uh, you know my friend uh, Brian Minear he's uh, on his way on a trip and uh, preparing for a trip and he talked or asked about bringing uh, a medium format camera with him, uh, another twin lens reflex. And I'm like, yeah, bring it with you, man, because it is going to not only, you know, the obvious thing is slow you down, right? But it's going to, especially going to a country that he hasn't gone to before, a very uh, magical place, uh, it's going to kind of 
make him look at things a lot differently. You know, uh, it's gonna it's gonna challenge uh, his um, his vision a little bit. You know, and doing that in a foreign place, someplace you haven't been to before, someplace that's very magical, again gets you in touch with those people who uh, preceded us, who who did this when it was a lot more challenging and. You know, of course, he's going to bring his digital camera with him, <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I suggested, you know what, take a day once in a while and only go out with that twin lens reflex camera and film. And, you know, in a sense, I was thinking of it like like making it a meditation in a way, which will kind of happen naturally, I think, you know, by by looking at things, uh, you know, in a, in a viewfinder and um, approaching the world a little bit differently than, than you, what he's used to I guess with a film camera and the rest of us are used to so the, the kind of meditation is built in I believe into into shooting with with film or even with a t twin lens reflex camera but it will also I think force him to look at his place a lot differently I think the the, the mysteries and the magic of a new location will arise uh, a, a lot more when when um, when shooting with a film camera, a twin lens reflex camera, you know? So uh, there's all this other stuff built into it. There's a lot, you know, like I said, there's a lot more challenges. You gotta think much differently. You gotta tamper your expectations about it. Um, but within those parameters, I'll be really, really excited and curious to see what he is able to make. I will say this, shooting with a twin lens reflex Wearing glasses is really a bit of a challenge. Okay, so now the sun's coming out. And that that's going to change my exposure. Ah, I'm going to wait for clouds to cover, come back in before I take a picture. You know? But right now I'm looking through this viewfinder. It's got a little bit of a magnifier on it. So I can kind of focus with some... Uh, really close-up detail here. The challenge is I'm wearing glasses that are kind of uh, that are called progressive, so they're like the modern version of bifocal. So my my uh, vision changes depending on where I put position my glasses. So I'm looking at. Uh, let's see. This is a really tricky frame. Now I close that. I got the focus. Now I. Since I'm not moving, I can reposition. I can turn off the, uh, close the magnifier on the twin lens reflex. It's this great little magnifier that pops up. And now I'm just looking through the viewfinder with both eyes, and I can now compose and get things a little straighter than I wanted, you know. And let's see if I can fire the shutter. Maybe you can hear it. There you go. And then, the, and then I'll put the mic close to it so you can hear the winding. All right, so I got five more shots left from from this roll. Okay, the sun's coming out again. Okay, so I'm gonna take another shot at the same location, except this time I'm gonna go on the ground a little bit more. Point up. I want to see the name of the. I'm going to assume my focus is the same because I really haven't moved positions. Plus, I got a little bit, I've stopped down to like f11, so I've got a little bit more wiggle room with depth of field 
and I'm gonna take a shot there we go all right two shots that's uh, four bucks <laughs> I think that's what I calculated the cost that's what I calculated the cost of the uh, per shot about two bucks a shot I think after I process and scan them so yeah so I just noticed that I've got in my pocket uh, a couple of uh, toy dinosaurs they came from a coffee shop I go to they're giving out toy dinosaurs kiss to kids and stuff like that but no one said it was just for kids so I took a few and I got them in my pocket and I'm looking around and I've got a lens on my uh, on my Fuji that shoots macro and so I don't know maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll do something whimsical and fun uh, with these toy dinosaurs uh, not uh, not on a gravestone so <laughs> I'm not gonna do that have a little little respect for for uh, have some respect for people who are here but there's all this grass and trees and stuff, and I think I might be able to make a fun kind of image. I'm actually, it's warm enough now to walk out without my jacket. There are robins everywhere, right? Because uh, it's spring. Um, a lot of the trees are blooming, not the cherries yet, but uh, some of the cherries are starting. I mean, they're, they're getting started. And Magnolias are blooming, and the other flowering trees, which I don't know the names of. And there's robins everywhere, so you know I know it's the sure sign of spring because they're going pulling out whatever they can from the earth to eat. Um, I like robins; they're not a very interesting bird to photograph, and there's not a lot of challenges in it because they're robins. Yeah. So right. Uh, I did wear hiking boots because it's rained and the ground is wet and uh, I'm going to be walking around a lot. So, you know, that's the main thing I think about when I'm walking around taking pictures. I need to be comfortable physically. Otherwise, uh, I could really end my photo trip pretty quickly. And once I become uncomfortable, that's a problem. Sorry if you're hearing some mic issues there. So where to go that I haven't been to before? That's not really a, an option. But I've been everywhere here. Like I said, I use this place to get a little exercise and to uh, clear out my head after a long week wouldn't really say it was a long week but you know the weekends are are fun to have I can go out with my camera and uh, you know maybe see something new and I come here you know all the time I, and you know the seasonal changes bring a lot of you know new things to look at and something is always a little different here. And like I said, I'm out here with my film camera too, so we'll see what that 
what that provides. There's again limitations with that. I was kind of hoping for a, a more overcast day. It looks like the sun is coming out. I mean, it looks nice. It's great. It's not what I really, really wanted to kind of rainy day. Uh, and I'm looking at the way the weather is going. And uh, yeah, the sun's going to come out. It's going to come out and going to change my exposures. Yep. Well, I know when I uh, when I run out of film on the twin lens reflex camera, I will uh, now remember this time what film is in there. I will like stick some little tag to the back of the camera so that I remember because I probably won't shoot all the film today. Uh, I never know. But, you know, learn my lessons here. <laughs> I'm sure the pictures will come out fine. I, I think negative film can hold a little bit of mis exposure. The problem with my medium format camera is I can't really do macro photography with it. It does not let me focus too close. I'm with like four, four, four and a half feet, maybe five with my lens. And so if there's things I want to get close and, you know, like a nice, um, nice shallow depth of field or, or something. I just can't, I really can't do it with the camera. That's, I think, I, I you know, I think I want to buy another twin lens reflex camera. I mean, I like this one. It was given to me uh, as a gift by, of all people, my doorman in a, in a previous building I lived in. He asked me if I wanted it. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And it's a, a common camera, the Minolta Autocord. You could go find it on eBay. There's probably tons of it. So it's, Nothing's really anything special with this camera. Uh, it was my first twin lens reflex camera too. So I've had a lot of fun with it. And I think I'm going to stick with shooting film some more. I mean, I, I really enjoy this process and I, you know, I need to streamline how I process the film and then scan it and, and whatnot. But I will get to that, that, that will happen for sure. And yet, there's just something, you know, I don't know if it's a nostalgia. I don't really have a, I've said this before, ad nauseum, but I don't really have a nostalgia for film. I mean, I remember I couldn't wait for digital to get to the point where I could use it to submit my stock and, and do commercial photography with it and then make great prints and whatnot. So I don't really have this nostalgia, but there's a quality to it now I was talking to you before about sort of the randomness of stuff and the, and the limitations of things that shooting digital just does not give, you know, or at least, at least the digital cameras that I've got, you know, and even my, my tendencies t with them, uh, it's, it's a little too fast. And I know we can slow down. I could slow down by just slowing down. I could take one picture at a time. I could, you know, I could treat it like film, but it's not the same. There's not it's just not it isn't the same and you know it, one could say well it's just a matter of discipline you could discipline yourself and eh, yeah but sometimes you need a governor put on that speed <laughs> on that uh, on that gas pedal you know um, you know you got the power you want to use it and it's very very easy to use and to forget uh, 
you know, just to forget the, um, forget to slow down and, and take it easy. And uh, actually shooting film and having to process it, send it out, and it costs money. Like all that is sort of a built-in method to sort of put the brakes on the creativity a little bit, which is not a bad thing. You know, we're not really here to like uh, cycle through and make picture after picture after picture after picture and trying to keep doing ourselves every day. That I think is, um, I think is not good energy-wise. I don't think it's good for our energies to be trying to outdo ourselves every single day. I talked about uh, previously, you know, and has been talked about by my buddies on their podcasts and different blog posts. It's like, you know, we, we keep forcing ourselves to make new. We forget that we have old. We have old stuff that we haven't looked at in a long time. It's nice to go back through that, those old archives, see what we've done. And it's nice to just not have to top ourselves or anybody else every single day. So film does that. Film, the process of shooting film, at least for me, with this camera, uh, in the method that I'm doing is is keeping me, at least for the moment right now, uh, to slow down a little bit and, and to think of things a little bit differently. Now, I do have my digital camera slung by my side as well because I think I might, you know, something comes up that fits the bill of creating something new and fast and furious. <laughs> then, you know, I'm going to do it. Um, you know, I could have come out today just with the, the film camera, and I, I kind of thought I was going to do that. And then I, I, I brought my X-T2 and my 200, 55-200 lens. Not a great zoom, but enough that if I saw, I was kind of hoping to see, uh, kind of hoping to see some birds that I can photograph up close with it. You know, maybe if I got lucky, I would see a hawk close up uh, where the where that lens would at least bring me a little bit closer. I didn't want to bring my 300. There's just way too much weight uh, to carry around. You know, that balance between carrying stuff, being mobile, making sure you have enough equipment, you know, then thinking I might have to let things go because I'm just not able to capture it. So, yeah, I brought the digital camera. I'm also... I have a little bit of a task here uh, for shooting some of the structures here for the place that I work. A, a friend of mine is working on a documentary about Greenwood, and so I said he could probably use some of my pictures. And uh, they want to talk about the architecture here of the of the uh, mausoleums and stuff. So I thought maybe I could grab a few shots of that as well, maybe stuff that I haven't shot before. Uh, and, and then let him use it. So, yeah. does mean I've got two cameras with me. It does mean I have sort of a two, two things going on in my mind. I want to finish off the roll of film, use some more film, uh, see if I see something new here with my film camera, and then digital, you know, do this little project for my, my friend, 
and uh, maybe keep my eyes open for uh, some of our airborne friends here. Let's see if I can get something. So right now I've got a, I got my seven artisans lens on my X-T2 and uh, I got to switch it out to the zoom. Well, I think I need to cut this trip short. My uh, suddenly not feeling very well. And I think I need to head home. Uh, maybe I will pick this up again later. But I think now is time to uh, quit while I'm ahead and uh, head back home. Sorry to cut this short. Sometimes you gotta listen to your body. Things aren't going right. And uh, I don't know, we'll see. Let's see if I can pick this up. Maybe come back out. So I hope you enjoyed my little stroll through Greenwood and my little musings. I was sorry to have to cut it off at a certain point. I mean, it really was going to walk around a little further. But, you know, sometimes when your body tells you, you know, you got to quit, <laughs> you got to quit. And I was not feeling well. And I just packed up and, and I literally packed up and shut down. And luckily I had my car and I, I went home and I ended up feeling a little bit better later. But uh, it was a little too late to go back out. I was actually contemplating going back out to Greenwood, but it was a little, it was a little late. And I was like, eh, you know what? I think, I think I did enough for that day. And like I said, I go to Greenwood a lot. It's a great place to just walk and contemplate. And I really enjoy talking about photography there. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's a little, uh, I don't know, not repetitive, but it's, you know, I've done it a few times and, and what I'm going to try to do is do the same thing in other locations like uh, I would love to in fact someone suggested I do this while I'm walking around doing my street photography and I think I'd like to do that in the middle of Manhattan so uh, the summer's coming up and I'm gonna take a break sometime in August so uh, maybe we can look forward to, to that so anyway I know that uh, I've kept you guys long enough I know uh, the 100th episode like I said is coming up I haven't figured anything out to do if you guys have any suggestions uh, I was Possibly, well, I don't want to. I don't want to give everything away. If I'm going to do anything, it's going to be kind of a surprise. But if you guys have any suggestions, you know, drop me a line, and uh, you know, I'll I'll consider them. We'll see what happens. So, uh, yeah. So 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 so. <laughs> um, thanks for hanging in with me, and I will be back at the uh, end of May. I hopefully we'll come up with a little bit more of a you know topic to talk about i think i got a couple things i would like to talk about if not I, I might find someone else to talk about another photographer i hope you liked the show previous with ward and i talking about uh lartigue i always really enjoyed that episode and i love talking about photographers so was, you know if, if there are some photographers you'd like me to talk about with somebody else let me know and you can drop me a line Let's see. One of the best places to find me is at uh, Twitter, which is uh, you can use my name as at am Rosario uh, or at switch the number two manual. I'm still doing a switch to manual on Twitter and you can go to my webpage, which is amrosario.com. Uh, like I've said, switch to manual is in mothballs for the time being. Uh, I will 
trying to figure out what to do with it, but uh, yeah, switch to manual. It's not going away. It's just, I don't know what to do with it yet. So, uh, uh, you know, hang on for that. That's going to be information. But if you really want to get in touch with me, uh, you can drop me a line through my website uh, at amrosario.com. And uh, you can find me in all the other places on Instagram, on amrosario, and Flickr, I'm amrosario. And so, yeah, find me there. And uh, yeah. It was nice to be able to share with you uh, my wanderings and uh, my thoughts. So, again, uh, thanks for... Oh, and if you guys are uh, subscribing through iTunes, can you guys leave me ratings and, and reviews? Uh, I'd like to get this... I'd love to get this show out to more people. And so, actually, if you can tell people about your show, if you like it, you like what I'm talking about, my photography and stuff like that, and, and, and the guests I'm having, just let other people know. I'd love to get more subscribers. I want to, I really like to share my thoughts and my voice with as many people as possible so uh yeah and uh so until the uh end of may i will see you later and adios and ambulance <laughs>